0: I uh, was impressed. You know, they had a potential to hang 50 against Mississippi State. If you don't open up with three straight punts and you still finish with 31 points, who knows what could have happened? Welcome to the Vernon Verdict, where we bring you sports talk on the go. We're sponsored by Honest Aves. I'm your host, Jacob Verdon, and today we're going to break down LSU versus Mississippi State. The LSU Tigers got their first SEC taste. Uh, It was a rough start. They opened a game up with three consecutive punts. And then right after the punts, we had a fumble from Jaden Daniels. Uh, I was a little worried on how LSU's offense would respond to the pressure because you up the ante when you enter SEC play. You play bigger, faster, stronger guys, and they're not messing around. You come to Tiger Stadium, and you're knowing what you're going to face. You're knowing the team you're playing. You know the environment. You know the setting, the history. It's It's energetic. Um, I was impressed by LSU's presence in the trenches on the defensive side. Not all the way on the offensive side, although the offensive line did get better. Uh Emory Jones and Will Campbell showed flashes of greatness. They look like NFL talent already. Uh but you know, they still gotta kinda find a way to make sure Jaden Daniels still gets that protection that he needs and deserves. You know, he's going out here throwing over two hundred passing yards every week. He uh He's also getting close to that century mark in the rushing yard category every week as well. Jane Daniels is looking like a phenomenal talent. You know, you talk about the, the greater SEC quarterbacks like Stetson Bennett, Bryce Young. You talk about Will Rogers, but not a lot of people give credit to Jane Daniels. Jane Daniels is navigating a really confusing situation. You know, Jane Daniels is in a new situation on a new team, new environment, new coach. Everything's really, really fresh. And, and, and raw at this point. He's still finding his footing, and he's looking great doing it, I think. Um, going back to the defensive side, uh, LSU's defensive line got in there. The quarterback got sacked four times. B.J. Ojalari got one-and-a-half sacks. Harold Perkins, the true freshman, one-and-a-half, and Savion Jones... Got one as well. Uh, You even saw Jay Ward intercept the pass, the leader in tackles. Jay Ward all over the field, a a total of 11 tackles, six solo. And then, like I said, that interception from Will Rogers, uh, they they held the air raid to only 214 passing yards. You know, it hit me throughout the game right around the second quarter that I realized they weren't really attempting as many passes as I expected them to attempt. I don't know what, you know, what. what was the reasoning behind that, but Matt House really had them, you know, him then it seemed, he had them going out there, he had them uh, on their P's and Q's, it looked, first SEC performance though, uh, you know, everything leading up to the fourth quarter had me hold my breath, I didn't know if we were going to be able to take it, I expected to be a whole lot more high scoring, they had a lot more failures on Mississippi State's side than I anticipated, but uh, you know, a 21.4, quarter for l s u really made me feel you know comfortable in the end i think the l s u is is heading towards a good direction they're finding themselves they're finding their uh you know i guess their image you can say they're still kind of looking for themselves, finding that identity they're still trying to see how they'll respond in the clutch, in the tough moments, and who they can lean on. They're finding those guys here, Brian Kelly as well, getting comforted in his guys. I think he's got them. You know, These are the type of games that you're going to need before you play in Alabama at home or before you travel to a Florida away or even a Tennessee at home. Uh, LSU schedule, it's rough. You play in the SEC West, you're going to play dogs all the time. It's almost like you're in the college football playoffs sitting here in the regular season. Um. The DB room for LSU. They were the ones who were pressured with the task of stopping the air raid. We spoke to Makai Garner on Tuesday. I asked Makai, you know, do you get caught up in the lights? LSU's considered DBU. Uh, a lot of attention is on y'all, and then at the same time with y'all being considered DBU, everyone just automatically thinks y'all need to lock them up. Makai Garner said, you know, he doesn't get caught up in it. He's just going to go do what he has to do. And that focused, calm, cool, collected, poise mentality carried over into the game and you saw it. I mean, he's not lying. Uh, Major Burns as well Major Burns How about the heart of him He When went down Goes into injury tent The minute he finds out He can return He's back on the field Like like he never left It's like he, he ripped through The injury tent door To hurry up and get back out there You know I was holding my breath On that one Friend of the show Major Burns Wanted to make sure He's all good But good news out of there He goes out and gets Six tackles uh, I'm really impressed By this DB, DB room Once again They secured 34 total tackles You know they were Going to be The anchor To hold down That middle of the field That deeper end To stop that air rating to bring Will Rogers down a bit, get him off his spot, take him down a few notches. Uh, a <clears throat> couple question marks I had, though. Not every game is perfect, especially, you know, one where you start off like LSU did here. Uh, the first thing that I want to bring up is Jack Besh only getting one target. Uh, you know, it was it was a rough look, I think, the only target they gave him. It was a little scary. Uh it looked like, you know, maybe it could have been deflected into an interception. But I think that Jack Besh possesses a Uncanny ability to be able to get open. I mean look let's date back to the Texas AM game when LSU's I mean biting and clawing to stay in the game and Jack Besh go ahead and converts, gets the first down, keeps the, the, the game alive, keeps the team in it. I think he, he he like Brian Kelly said, he's a gamer. He know when the lights come on, he's ready to play. He knows what to do, when to do, and he doesn't get caught up in the action. I I just was a little confused on why they didn't want to work him in a little bit more. Uh you know, they got Mason Taylor out there getting sick. Six targets and only catching one that's unfortunate they probably were hemming in on mason taylor as well big target they knew that he was going to be their safe spot their check down if you will um mason taylor you know back to bat targets in the on a red zone drive where he you know he dropped both of them and when i see that it kind of just raises questions like you know there's other surefire targets i think you know give jack Six targets. I'm sure he's coming down with three to four. You know, got Keyshawn Bouti. He got active a little earlier. You know, he didn't get the score. Only tied up 30 yards. But Malik Neighbors. Malik Neighbors is showing out. Malik Neighbors, I don't know if it's him wanting to prove, you know, all the haters wrong or him wanting to redeem himself for his performance against Florida State. But he went out and had a you know, a team high in receptions. He had a clutch first down where it was almost a 30-yard bomb. Jane Dales hits him on the inside seam, gets the first down on a third and long. I think it was third and 23. Um, Another problem, I'm sure, you know, we want to talk about Malik Neighbors and the special team. We're going to stay on that topic. Special teams tackling, that's, you know, a little worrisome. You got Emory Jones saving the punt return. We almost had a punt return housed. Then, Couple drives later, you get uh, a, a, a kickoff return that's that's saved by you know the kicker. I think that the special teams unit is uh, it's not that it's it's bad. It's not that it's it's rough. I think it's just a lot of the newer guys. Special teams is where you cut your teeth, especially in the SEC. If you're not going to get minutes in your position on offense or defense, you're probably going to find those minutes on the special teams side of the ball. There are a lot of younger guys. They're going to have to find their role. They're going to have to get a little more comfortable. I mean, no excuse for sure, but at the same time, I think there's a lot of room for growth. You got this easy tune-up game here against New Mexico. LSU's more than likely going to dismantle them. The spread opens up at 30 at thirty, I, I mean, I think judging off of what they did against Southern, I'd probably expect LSU to hang fifty again. Uh, I was impressed, you know, they had a potential to hang fifty against Mississippi State. If you don't open up with three straight punts and you still finish with thirty-one points, who knows what could have happen? I mean, uh, LSU is looking really good. Jane Daniels, I think, is a was a good decision at quarterback. You know, I was sounding off in fall camp questioning his accuracy. Sure, we had a couple moments throughout the game where Jane Daniels kind of puts the ball. In an awkward spot, receiver can't get to it. Ball goes out of bounds. You got everybody in the stands throwing their arms up. But you know what? I'm gonna advocate for Jane Daniels here on this one. I'm gonna go ahead and get, uh, you know sound off on two perspectives here. The first one being Jane Daniels is. Always on the go. Everyone's saying, oh, why doesn't he want to throw first? Why does he always want to escape? Well, man, you got all kind of defensive linemen crashing in, crashing the pocket, not giving you any time to throw. He's probably getting two, three seconds at most to go through his progressions and then read and collect and make a decision based off of the information that the defense has laid out there for him. More than likely, it's not enough time. He's got to scramble out and get out and go. And when you can collect 100 yards a game on the ground and have your your offense rush for over 200 yards because your running back room is so deep. I mean, why wouldn't you? That's the dark horse in this game. That saved LSU. That keeps the offensive line, believe it or not. That's just how I see it. Uh, Jaden Daniels back to the overthrows and the miss miss ball placements. You got to think. In, in, in the situations where it's a sideline throw and you got a one on one, you want to put the ball in a spot where only your guy can get it. Why throw a 50 50 ball? Why take a chance? It's the end of the game, it's a close game, and you already started rough. In my head, if you're questioning, like I was, Jane Daniels' accuracy, Jane Daniels' decision making, and Jane Daniels' ability to not turn over the ball, this was the right move in this situation. You want Jane Daniels to sit there and, you know, you, you've seen Bryce Young do this at, at Alabama as of last week. You want to put the ball in a spot where only your guy can get it and you know what if he can't get it it's an incompletion you get to run another play I I think Jay Daniels is finding himself here in the SEC. You know, he's got a lot of experience. Brian Kelly's talked about his coachability, saying that he's going to come back to the sideline with his ears open and he's ready to listen, digest information. He's like a sponge soaking everything up. And that's few and far in between in terms of talented quarterbacks who are dual threat athletes, who know that they probably have a good shot at going to the NFL. They probably think they got all the tools. They know everything. They don't need any help. For someone to sit here, take the criticism from a great coach, make it constructive and build on it, I think it's pretty impressive. I think LSU's offense is looking good. New Mexico is going to be a pretty good game. We're going to go ahead and tune that offense up before we head out on the road. Uh, LSU football, you know, positive, positive note. But Saints football, man, that's looking rough. You got Jameis Winston with the back fractures. You got the Tampa Bay Bucks going in there and just having a defensive parade in the Superdome. Um, wow. College football sh- shaping up. Shaving up to be interesting, Texas A&M, you know, they took their first loss to Appalachian State last week. They go out and, you know, they win a close one in Miami. Max Johnson got his first start for the Aggies, former LSU quarterback. You know, it was a little rough. He threw for about 50% completion, a little over 100 yards, but they're going to wind up working him into the scheme, it seems. Uh, SEC football is kind of, you know, Unfolding how you would expect it to You got Georgia still Riding high on the national championship They're the number one team in the country Alabama's a close second They went out there and hung 63 points on University of Louisiana Monroe uh, Last night You know, the SEC is probably the conference to beat, as it always is. But there's one team sneaking in there, as they always do. Ohio State, you know, they just hung 77 points on Toledo. C.J. Stroud with the five-touchdown performance. You know, my Heisman candidates in no order would be Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Stetson, Bennett. You know, I think that those guys are possessing everything that a Heisman quarterback would need to possess. I would really like to see Jane Deos enter that. Realm, but I just don't know if they're going to be able to win the big games that are going to be able to put him on that. You know, if they take Alabama and they take Florida and you keep doing this magical Houdini offense, maybe so. But there's going to be a lot more uh, stripes for Jane Daniels to earn before he's on that level. I think. Um, Got to talk to Nick Saban last Wednesday about Bryce Young and just how you handle that situation. How you handle, uh, you know, you got Bryce Young always in the Heisman leader rankings. He's always a finalist. It seems last year he won in a sophomore year, just like you know Tim Tebow did at Florida. And I was talking to Nick Saban, wondering how you keep someone grounded like that. You got the leader of your offense, probably the most important player in your team who's supposed to be calm, cool, and collected and, and, and focused on the game plan at hand. But then he's also got one of the biggest, most prestigious awards that his name is tied to now, and he's in a race for it. And I'm sure that's making him nervous and making him feel like he's got all kind of eyes on him. And Nick Saban kind of just said how he, for any elite athlete of that matter, he just lets them know that, you know, the world's seen what they've done prior and to not really latch on to it too much and just kind of create right now because everybody's worried about what you're doing right now. Everyone's gonna judge you off of your performance right now, so just you know, stay in the moment, stay grounded, stay humble. And Bryce Young does a very good job of it. He's a great athlete, great dude. Got to know him off the field a little bit and uh, interact with him this summer. He, you know, he's he's about as humble as humble can get. I'm excited to see him come into Tiger Stadium. That's gonna probably be the biggest test for LSU. I think those Alabama LSU games are always close. It'll be it'll it'll be exciting to watch. It'll be fun to see the the energy in the student section and whatnot. But more than likely, you know, it'll be. Uh, It'll be probably one of the tougher games we've seen entire Stadium in more, in more recent times. Um, keep following the Vernon Verdict on social media for more updates. We're going to be at the football operations facility talking to Brian Kelly and a couple players throughout the week as usual. For more updates, follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. All the links are in the bio. Stream us wherever you stream your podcast and make sure to subscribe, like, and share the video. Thanks for thanks for watching. This has been the Vernon Verdict. Y'all have a good one.